0: hi and welcome to pause and listen a podcast series brought to you by big dog pet foods the leading pet nutrition provider in australia with over 20 years of experience in the pet industry we provide educational resources for pet parents and are proud to be transparent in everything we do hosted by various members of the big dog team we bring you interviews and deep dives into pet nutrition and care training and regular ask a vet segments thank you for tuning in get your tails wagging and we'll get yapping
1: G'day, my name's Jazz, and I'm a member of the Big Dog Team and mum to two rascally pugs, Gary and Rosie. This will be another nutrition-focused episode, and I have the absolute pleasure of picking Chris Essex's brains about pet food ingredients. Before we get stuck in, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and give a special shout-out to any canine listeners. Who's a good puppy? Are you learning too? And now that I've got that out of my system, let's get on with the show. Chris, how are you, mate?
2: Hey, Jazz. How oh, are you?
1: Good. You kept it together. Thanks for I won't right. break you with that. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. It's oh, wonderful.
1: Like I said, pleasure. So in our last episode, you and Tiff covered off the Bath Model Raw Diet. And yep. um, so today I've got a few more questions because I want to know a bit more about the ingredients in pet food. Um I want to know the difference between human grade and pet grade meat because that's obviously been a big focus particularly in what the past 5 years and definitely more recently. Yep. Um so but I also want to chat to you about something that I know you're passionate about which is superfoods for dogs as well. I am. And for yourself?
2: And for myself? Oh, nice. Absolutely. Does
1: Yuko eat better than you? No. No. No.
2: No, I think um i try to eat the equivalent of what yuko eats from yep. a dog dog food perspective to a to a human's perspective so you know it's all about, it's all about the raw materials and the quality of the raw materials. so you know i think we set a high high um, standard with our raw foods mm-hmm. uh, or and our diets obviously so um yeah
1: I that's awesome because I, I definitely my body is a dumpster like your, your body's a temple so I'm like I found it very interesting when I was asked to do a nutrition podcast but hey That's anyway right. I, I,
2: well you might learn something here today well, too exactly
1: I learn every day in this place it's fun so uh, anyway we'll just dive into the deep end if we haven't already um, so go. I want to talk to you about ingredients in pet food so first let's talk about sourcing them which you just briefly mentioned then so mm-hmm. We use a lot of meat in our recipes, which we source from the human supply chain, which means they would come from an abattoir, yes? Yes, right. yeah. yes,
2: absolutely. And, pro- oh, sorry, you go. Yeah, no, every, um, every protein that we bring in that's uh, meat-based mm-hmm. is sourced from, yeah, human processing.
1: Yeah, but some pet food companies will source pet-grade meat, and that comes from a knackery, right?
2: that is a My very sake. yep absolutely the, the pet grade meat that is processed here in australia yep. um and is allowable. you know obviously there's knack, there's nacreies out there they are referred to the nacreies the processing plants mm-hmm. um in your nacreie standards can vary um between different standards but there the, there is certainly a um a difference between from a, an inspection point uh, with monitoring and whatnot between a nacreia and a Uh, a human processing plant that's for sure
1: Mm -hmm. so where do knackeries get their meat from i know that's a bit you know we hear lots of stories out there and we hear lots of wild rumors and we get lots of questions from concerned pet parents that it's roadkill or
2: yeah it's certainly not roadkill that's mm. that's that's not right at all there's you know knackeries as a whole they do a really good job Hmm. Um, and there's a very important part in that they certainly have a there is a need for necaries in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um but when you talk about what animals it, it might be animals that are, are dying, deceased. Um there's the four D's that people relate to. Um and I can't remember them off the top of my head to be perfectly honest. But you know, the the where we're sourcing our product from, the animals are, are, are not dying, they're not deceased, they're they're not um they're healthy yeah Uh, so that's that's the first and and very important part of obviously is making sure that those animals are healthy as they're going through that process a healthy animal at the beginning is going to give us a healthier raw material to start with Mm -hmm. um yeah but as i said this isn't by no means a bagging session on knackery meat um those those standards certainly are a little bit more relaxed than a a human processing facility but we certainly um you know, we've taken that that option as a business to to um, purchase all of our meat from human processing plants.
1: And why is that why, why human grade? Yeah,
2: I think it, it, it's really the standards that they have to follow. Mm-hmm. majority of our suppliers uh, are export approved plants. So they're another level. They have an export officer there. They're, they're meeting these stringent guidelines and it can vary between the countries too. So there's... You know, one one particular country, they must meet this, and the next they must meet this. Then, so I think, as a, as a whole, the export plants then just go right. Well, well, we've got to capture everything so we can divert our meat anywhere and anywhere, yeah. any place. So, you know, those those inspection points and those quality checks and everything are, are so stringent um that it just it, it the end product that we receive is can can be chalk and cheese.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay and so because we use human grade ingredients we have from time to time had pet parents get in touch and say that our food looks amazing and we use all these awesome ingredients and so can they cook it and eat it is it why can't humans eat our food if it's all human grade ingredients (laughs) is it the the crushed real bone because we say you can't cook it and give it to your dogs because it has crushed real bone in it and we know that's dangerous for dogs so yep. why well, can't humans eat it
2: well we're <laughs> not licensed for human consumption to start <laughs> with we our our license here with qsafe or queensland safe foods um is for pet food manufacturing mm-hmm. so we're yeah. certainly not licensed but yes the bone would cause an issue we would have um some some teeth issues there i think some broken mm-hmm. teeth mm-hmm. by people um you know Everything is really sourced from the, the the human sector, so that that would probably be the the only issue. Has our food been eaten a couple of times accidentally? Mm. I can confirm it has. Mm. Um, I'm certainly not <laughs> yeah. recommending eating our food though. That is that is for sure. But no. you know, essentially, the the raw materials that are going in, and you can see that by our our social media platforms. You know, mm. with Facebook and, and Instagram, what we're doing, we're showing. The pet parents out there are exactly what's going into our product. Then they might not be the perfect looking carrot or something like that, but it's still coming through from a, uh, uh, a human processing facility.
1: Yeah. Because i got to say, like, I had never, um, I would never have considered eating pet food. But when they pointed it out, I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably like, it's probably better than a sausage roll. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I would never do it. Yep. But I, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what's in sausage rolls, but I'm sure it's, not as good as our food. So, um, <laughs> also while we're talking about the crush real bone being a um, be, being a choice for mm-hmm. us, why do some pet food companies choose to use a calcium supplement rather than crushing real animal bones like we do?
2: Yeah, it, it's a, that's a good question. So, I can talk about us. we we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're crushing real bone because inside that bone. It's full of nutrition. You know, I think we touched on this last podcast. Is you know, a lot of people might think and understand that it's just for calcium, but it's not just for that. There is so much more nutrition within that bone, especially in the uh, the marrow. You know, or, or there's vitamins and minerals in there, and and, and certainly some lovely oils mm-hmm. and essential fatty acids, and so your omegas, and that as well. So, you know, if we can if we can put that in and grind it, and there is a there is a science to it. You know, and we've got the machinery to do it. Um, that's going in because we're we're only going to increase our nutritional profile in all of our diets, as opposed to using an alternative like a a meat meal um, product, for example. Well, that's all it is—an extremely high. It, it's it's a degradation in the process because the product goes through extreme high temperatures, uh, really gets boiled and boiled and boiled away, and then um, you've got this high protein, high calcium product, and that nutritionally, that's pretty well all you got. Um, if they're not going to use that, they might want to use uh, a limestone or a calcium carbonate or something like that. And again, that's just a, a calcium product. Um, you're not getting all those other benefits that I just spoke about with the with the bone. So, you know, when you line them all up, we we, we want our best bang for our bark and so does our parent and, and let, let's grind the bones. Let's get it in there um, in a natural, digestible form uh, for our for our pets.
1: Yeah, I like the bang for our buck, and I think that's a good segue into superfoods. Mm. Um, what is a superfood? Is it just a buzz term? What What is? I had to Google it. I'm not gonna lie. So
2: what did it come What did it come up with? KFC. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know what it might have too, because I I, I think superfoods it varies. It varies between mm. between um, people. You know what I find as a superfood. Somebody might disagree. Um, look, essentially a superfood is recognized as a, a food product that has various or high levels of compounds um, that can give you optimum nutrition and well-being. Something like that, very close to that. Mm-hmm. So a- again, what I'm saying and looking at, and, and what I, well, this is a real superfood for me because it really works, it might be a superfood for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then if I'm talking specifically about our foods and what we're putting in, and some of them are higher higher achievers from a nutritional point for our for our pets than what some of the other ingredients are in there for uh, my my go-to immediately is awful and nobody really refers to awful as a superfood although it is getting a little bit more um well there's a lot more info out there now from the human sector even you see these guys eating raw ruffles and whatnot which is, that's not my cup of tea either <laughs> but you know they are understanding why why they should be taking in offals because they're so high. It's a cocktail of, of minerals and vitamins and all these essential uh, trace minerals that that we're chasing. So my first go to is offal, um, and you've definitely got to have offal in, in the diets for the dogs. Now that needs to be controlled because of the high levels of vitamin D and vitamin A that can be found and that could, can cause toxicity. But from just giving you know all these different compounds that can lead to ultimate nutrition, offals first and foremost for me.
1: Yeah, and I know um, another one that you love, and we grow our own here is wheatgrass, mm-hmm. and I think you mentioned wheatgrass last week as well, and it packs a nutrient punch or it something. Does. I think you might have said something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are the benefits of growing this on site? Why do you why do you do that? The wheatgrass. Yeah. Well. You just love looking at it? I do. It's really yeah. awesome. It's really
2: awesome to, to the whole process. It's a six-day harvest for us. We yep. we will we'll grit the, the seeds in and then we'll soak them and then we put them into our our fodder machine and, and we, we watch them grow. You know, We, we add water and, and light and right. it's just an amazing little um, operation to see. You know, we're capped at the moment. We can generate about three tonne a week here mm-hmm. of, of wheatgrass. Uh, we can control all that. We we know there's no nasties being sprayed on or anything like that. Yep. Um, and we also know that the, the nutritional punch that we refer to is, you know, I think there's, um, it's been written that 15 kilos of wheatgrass is equivalent to like 250 kilograms of um, organic fi- um, fruit and veg. So, you know, it's just so potent that's why I love it. Um, but I also love being able to control that and making sure that what we're putting into our diets is... Um, such as the wheatgrass, is, is, um, we, we have that total control over it. Yeah. Um, and I
1: know you love eggs. You I do love that eggs. that a, a superfood?
2: Controversial. Wow. I know.
1: But do you consider them a superfood? Oh, they are. They're, yeah. they're,
2: again, everybody considers them a superfood. I think super Dr. Fu-
1: Duncan called them a superfood as well. Well, well, you know. He got it from you, though, right?
2: Of course he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's referred to as one of the most or the most complete food. Mm-hmm. Um that we have available to us. Unfortunately some dogs um cannot tolerate eggs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but what they do offer is this well balanced protein, fats, all those macros that we're chasing, you know. And when I say macros, it's it's normally the proteins and the fats and carbs. We don't have a lot of carbs in our diet, um, obviously. But um, you know, and good good levels of the omega 3s and, and whatnot in there. So yeah it's it's definitely a superfood. um you know we do get a little bit of feedback from our, our pet parents just wishing that our allergy range didn't um contain eggs so here you go you're gonna hear it first we are very seriously contemplating pulling eggs out of our allergy range for that reason mm. even though um i'm very passionate about eggs i i can understand um why people uh, or pet parents out there are a little upset with us for including um, so we will be looking at doing that.
1: Mate, I feel like Oprah when Tom Cruise jumped on the couch. Like I just <laughs> I just got the big news. <laughs> amazing. Um, okay. That is that is pretty huge actually. I mean I can understand it because we do have we do get a lot of questions about it. And even though we are pretty comfortable with answering it, I can appreciate that decision though. Um also still on the superfoods topic, we had Dr. Edward wrote an article um, about how helping your pet live a long and happy life. Mm-hmm. And one of his recommendations was superfoods as well, which we loved. So he was talking about blueberries. Everyone loves blueberries. What's, what's so good about blueberries? It, it's mainly
2: um, for the antioxidants that they're chasing with blueberries. Mm-hmm. So the ORAC value of that is, um, is very high when you compare that to a lot of other foods yeah so it's always been recognized for the for the antioxidant levels um it is a superfood um commonly referred to as a superfood by many many people so you know we have blueberries here's another one coming for you jazz we've um just negotiated another really good consistent supply of our blueberries so um we'll, we'll be seeing that coming through in our products a lot more as well Yep. um you know, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries—they're all awesome. Mm. Any any sort of berries, they're they're fantastic, um, and certainly again offer those high levels of the antioxidants in But there's so much more into them as well. You know, even the basics—they're high in fiber, they're in moisture, all, all that stuff, which is a bit boring—fiber and moisture. But mm. you know, there is certainly a lot of, of vitamins in, that in them as well.
1: Yeah. That's cool about the blueberries. Might have to uh, bring some containers and uh, take some home. <laughs> um, you
2: just keep trying to eat I've that dog food.
1: Yeah, so, well, <laughs> I, I remember um, the first time I saw a batch of strawberries and I was like, mate, I'll just take a few home because I've got a kid at home that just powers through strawberries. So I was like, yeah, do my shopping here. Um, Dr. Edward also mentioned cold steeped green tea.
2: Mm. and decaffeinated i yeah. Hope you said yeah of course yeah. oh
1: i i'm sure i just missed that in the notes yeah. <laughs>
2: just clarifying that yeah yeah yes uh very high in antioxidants i mean everybody knows that green tea is, is really really good for you um for that for that reason uh look some kombuchas out there are made on on green tea and to be perfectly honest we've done a fair bit of trial work with that as well here you know, kombuchas, kefirs uh are wonderful. We can lead into that as well. Yeah. We've done we've done a lot of work here with kefir Unfortunately we got shut down by Safe Foods Queensland because we were using raw milk and even though it's going into our raw diets and pet food. Mm. Uh the legislation here just um there is there is no room for that at this point in time and Bummer. Um, oh well, you know, I, I think Safe Foods I I was really disappointed with it. They're still referring to a legislation written in twenty fourteen and and certainly not um, working with businesses such as ourselves that are, you know, trying to be show initiative and enterprising and whatnot with with what we're we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that went backwards and forwards for I would say for six months. Um, whilst we were making kefir, and our results were fantastic, even buying the raw milk in getting that tested as a raw product, and then and then turning it into kefir, we showed that the the pathogen reduction was huge and it was safe. But again, these are the legislations unfortunately that as a business we, we have to abide by. So with kefir, um, that's a certainly a superfood because it is over sixty different strains of, of probiotics in there of bacteria that are so beneficial to your dog and, and to increase that that gut microbiome would be would be amazing. But And said we just can't um we can't put that in our food either. So Mm. that was on its way to be included in our in our foods but uh yeah, our our, uh regulators shut us down on that Mm. one, unfortunately.
1: You do love a good uh I say experiment it's probably not the right word, but like I know you do have your little projects off to the side that you've got going on, like with your kefir and kombucha. Do you say kefir or kefir? I hear it so many different ways, yeah, and obviously. I say kefir. I just try not to say it that yeah, way. Yeah, I say kefir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: We do, you know, as a business, we're, we're, we're trying to be, and we call it out proudly that we, uh, we believe we're the leaders in, in the raw food sector and, and trying to um, include everything into our diet, so it, it's as as complete as it can be. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, the, the kefir was shut down. Kombucha, I'm going to continue with kombucha. I think okay. there's opportunity for that. Um, we will we will continue to troll and, and play around with that. And, and it's all about the probiotics. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to get the more and more probiotics that we can the diverse range of of different probiotics within our food can only help the gut microbiome of the pet. So. Yeah, I'm pretty passionate about that.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um so you've just I've just got another question. <laughs> I'm just trying to like, get it trying to um get it to come out of my mouth. So are there any ingredients that um you wish you could add but you haven't been able to? Any other ingredients because of regulations? Like I know when um you added the tripe in for goat and we're not allowed green yeah green tripe tripe.
2: yeah there's some real funny little legislative Mm. things that you you can't do and it changes between the states right yeah so that's the other challenge Mm -hmm. so we might be allowed to use something here in Queensland but we can't source it here in Queensland we've got to source it in Victoria but their legislation says you can't that abattoir can't Mm. actually pack that product so sometimes our hands are just tied yeah and yes I I could go on and I say well I'd love to include this and I'd love to include that and you know people are including other products to our to our diets which is great yeah and you know, I think sometimes we 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 do we just have to bring it back to a a nice level and and give a really solid foundation for our pets yeah and then the pet parents can adjust and add superfoods or any other products that they really think their dog needs and it, different dogs need re- require different. Supplements or whatever else as well. So, I think is a really nice base that we we provide there. We will continue to always better our product and and source better and and whatever way we can. But it's really that foundation that we concentrate on making sure that you know if if nothing else was added to our to our meals, well then it, you're still going to have a super healthy dog.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You um, we're so in sync. See, like um, <laughs> but do you are there anywhere they can't? Like I I know you say that. With the superfoods, you add an amount that's yep. like say for all dogs. It's a good base. Are there any that you wouldn't recommend pet parents add to on top of what's in our food?
2: Uh, I think you've got to control your treats that mm-hmm. that they would be feeding as well, because you know, especially if it's a straight liver treat or anything like that, because as I touched on before, with the vitamin D, and the vitamin A, you can overdose if say you're feeding our, our food every day and there's a certain portion of of waffles in there, obviously, and then you give them liver treats every day and quite quite a high level. You know, you can accidentally start overdosing on on some of these vitamins. Um, yeah, good point. So that's it's that. probably just yeah. something to, to consider. Mm. Uh, the rule of thumb is if you are feeding treats, you know, no more than from the, your your dog's energy levels. And everybody's going, Oh, well, what's that mean for my dog?" You know, but roughly most pet parents, you kind of know what you, you're feeding your dog from a, a an energy level, you mm. know, but your treats should re- Sit about ten percent of that, you know. So if you're feeding treats, then you might reduce your food as well, just to complement those energy levels. But um, you know, I can't think of anything, Jazz, off the top of my head that mm. I would love to put in there, but I can't. Other than as I said, kefir, that was a real big thing for for me. I really wanted to to get that in, and unfortunately, we're still working behind the times from the 2014 legislation. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that in there again for Safe Foods Queensland. Thanks, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah.
1: Um, no worries. Um, so you also love? I just I feel like we can't avoid turmeric. Yeah. Um, because I know you love it. Yeah. Look, off you go. Yeah. Go right. for
2: it. I, you know, I was adding turmeric in our pet foods you? ten, eleven years ago before it got cool. Right. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> I'll just say that. I believe you. Yeah. Turmeric. Um, it was antiviral, antibacterial, anti-cancer. Um, you've got that wonderful. Compound in there, curcumin, mm. which uh, everybody is familiar with now as a, an anti-inflammatory property. Um, there's so much good stuff that comes out of turmeric mm. um, it, it's and funny enough, like it was really just a flavor in India originally and a bit of coloring and that sort of stuff but yeah. you know I, I think it's just been unlocked the the nutritional uh, overload or power that, that that turmeric has it's just it's an amazing product. And you know everybody should be taking turmeric or curcumin in in some sort of at some sort of level. I think they've even unlocked uh, omega three DHA coming out of it now as well, which everybody can relate to that more. It more comes from seafood and uh, sort of, but now even turmeric's popping up there with a little bit of DHA. So Mm yeah, it's just a it's just a wonderful food. You can overdose on it. I've done it.
1: Oh, what happens?
2: Well, well, you don't really want to know. I do. I had to visit the, the toilet a few more times than what I needed to that day. Was it colourful? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it, you can overdose on us, so just be careful. Yeah. With that. If, you're, if you're not used to it, just um, like our transitioning of uh, our raw food from a dry to our raw food, you know. Uh, so, right. Yeah, take your time and, yep. and transition and accordingly with children. <laughs> that's for sure.
1: Poor nut. Mm-hmm. Um, do you reckon it's one of the... Uh, the uh, eleven secret herbs and
0: spices. KFC.
1: Yeah, <laughs> my superfood, Come mm, on.
2: I'm not, sure. I'm not no. sure. I don't think so because no, of the colour, right? Orange, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, also, speaking of um, other foods mm-hmm. uh, or whatever that are superfoods that are suddenly really, really, that you made cool. Mm. Um, what about coconut oil?
2: Ooh, bit of conjecture. A little bit of information is coming out of, of coconut. Some people are saying, yes, it's all amazing, and other people are saying not so much. Um, it's a medium-chain ch- triglyceride, So it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a good product to, yeah. to tell the truth. And superfoods, again, you can overdose them, like I was just saying, with turmeric. It can be a superfood and you're including it, but then you can go the, the other way and feed too much of it, yeah. and then all of a sudden we have an issue. So I think the same thing happens with coconut oil. There's certainly a place for it. I think it has those health benefits and helps with digestion and, and whatnot. But um, you can go too far the other way as well with with any any superfood. So, fair. You know, you just it's like garlic. No. Garlic, garlic's a superfood.
1: Mate, you're all about the controversy today, aren't you? <laughs> garlic's a superfood. Yeah, it,
2: it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, nature's antibiotic. Uh, it's it's terrific, and you know, say so, oh, and then everybody you shouldn't feed garlic. Oh, well, it, it's it's actually BS. You can feed garlic to your dogs at the right and appropriate levels. If you want to go and feed thirty five cloves of garlic to your dog, then you've got issues with your with your dog mm. for the toxicity. But anything less from two studies in Japan has shown but that that's not actually true. And who's going to eat that anywhere near those amount of cloves? Yeah, exactly. Garlic cloves, you know it's just
1: As a human you wouldn't eat that many.
2: Well you wouldn't have any friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> um yeah. Slow okay. down on the garlic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what about cold pressed oils? That cold pressed flaxseed. So, can those oils still go rancid if they're cold pressed? Is cold pressed to stop them from going rancid or mm-hmm. stop them heating up too much? Good question:
2: No, nope, can still go rancid. So, oils, fats are highly volatile. Mm. What we're trying to do from a cold pressing point of view is process that oil, extract that process from the seed under very low Temperatures to ensure the the oil is not um, starting to go rancid or denaturing in any way. Okay, so it's really important because you're extracting those oils because you're chasing those omega threes and omega sixes, depending on what seed it is. Those levels obviously vary. We like flaxseed because uh, flaxseed is very high in the omega threes, uh, and there's so many different omega threes as well, right? You know, your DHA and EPA. that's more, not mainly coming from the seafood side of things, whereas the vegetable or grain particular ones is um is uh, flaxseed is the highest in the meat 3s i'm getting off topic so cold press you want to stay you want to um you want any oil you're using wants to be cold pressed and this is really important for all of our listeners not just for the for the dogs here it's also important for the humans when you're when you're using any oil you want to use a cold pressed oil Um, because of that volatility, you're chasing those oils for a reason, not just for flavour. Hopefully, because it's actually very beneficial for you. Fats, it's been it's been proven that, and I'm not going to go into that either. But um, yeah, you want to retain that um, the nutrition side and, and not let it go rancid. All the other vegetable oils that you'll see on the on the shelf at Woolworths or whatever, and you're flicking that into into your pan you're cooking with, they are rancid already so they are going to create um uh what's it, trans fat so they, they're going to create free radicals mm-hmm. and that's going to denature your cells very quickly um so you know you're actually putting a toxin in your body when it when it's rancid you're, you're defeating the purpose of putting a vegetable oil in there mm-hmm. so and and then when you're talking about that from a cooking point of view some people cook with olive oil on that and people are still recommend you shouldn't olive oil goes on to salads if you want to cook with something uh, macadamia oil, coconut oil are great because they have a high smoke point. Yeah. So there, there you need to really get into the oils, and I'm, I'm not going to bore everybody to death <laughs> here, but you know, cold pressed oils is the way to go. Cold pressed flaxseed meal that we use as well is the way to go to ensure that those oils aren't rancid.
1: No, it's not boring.
2: Cost uh, is a mouthful though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. The but, but back to omegas because I. Explain the sorry, I understand it when you explain it to me, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't translate, I can't interpret it then to someone else. Like, if someone asks me, so the omega threes and omega sixes and getting the balance right, mm-hmm. like, do we do that? We do that with our recipes. We what's, do, what's so important? I don't understand, yep. yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, and there is a little bit of variation between our different recipes as well, mm-hmm. which is why we also recommend cycling between our diets because it's, you know, last time I spoke about the amino acid profiles, but it's the fats and everything else as well. Mm-hmm. So omega-3, omega-6s, the rule of thumb out there uh, is a two-to-one ratio. Mm-hmm. So two omega-6s to every one omega-3, they work in, you know, they, they complement each other or synergistically work together. If you get that number um, out of whack and you get to a six-to-one ratio, um you're starting to create inflammation in your body, in our dog's body, because omega sixes are inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Omega threes are anti-inflammatory. That's why I say they work synergistically. Yeah. So when you go and and hurt yourself, and you know you start to swell up, that's your omega sixes going in and doing their job. That is the, the that's their job, and then that message goes to the brain and says, "Hey, I'm hurt here. Uh, I've got inflammation." And then the brain will start releasing omega threes to go down and start working around that area to take that inflammation away now if your diet hasn't got any omega-3s the brain can't send any omega-3s to that spot and you are in a constant state of inflammation Mm. so when you're talking about diets for dogs and we're talking about kibbles or anything like that grain-based high omega-6s unfortunately these dogs are in a constant state of inflammation and inflammation is the precursor to all the other autoimmune diseases including cancer
1: That's so sad. Very sad. Yeah, and it sounds like such a um. I don't know. It, maybe it sounds easy to you, but it sounds like it's really tricky to get that ratio right. I don't know. For me personally, I wouldn't. I'll just leave it to you to feed my dogs. All <laughs> right. So, yeah, they, they, yeah. Uh, all
2: right. If if the the listeners out there aren't eating a lot of fish or anything like that, you know, you can take supplements such as krill and fish oils and all this sort of stuff, and um, that will help balance. Good quality, by the way. You've Go mm. check that. Uh, that will help balance the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio with for us, but the same for our pets. So, you know, it, it's not it, – it's been tested a lot out there, and sometimes our ratios as human beings, what we're eating is a 20 to 1 ratio. So 20 omega-6 to 1, omega-3, you know, these poor people out there are in, in a constant state of inflammation, which is no different to our dogs. They're fed a, a high-kibble diet, processed diet, okay, unfortunately um that's where it is but the omega-3s there's a number of different omega-3s i've mentioned dha epa all the other ones as well as coming from a plant background um so there's a number of different levels what we do with our diets we do test for omega-3s and omega-6s and i like to see where that ratio is falling we have a little bit of variation i think the um the biggest variation we would have is a three and a half to one so we're we're still in a in a nice um you know a, a a nice level of, of 3 up, but you can't get it perfect every time because other people are going to feed an omega oil or something like this mm-hmm. as well, and that's what I was referring to back last time. Like We can't give everything, but we've got to give a really nice foundation, and then they can adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about omega-3s, what, which one of our dice would be really high in omega-3s would be Tassie salmon, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's a fish base. You get those D, lovely DHAs, EPAs, high levels of omega-3s. The ratio is really nice and tight, that 2-to-1 ratio that we're talking about. Um, well-being f- sorry, not well-being, but sensitive skin has a really high level of omega-3s as well, because when you're talking sensitive skin, the whole formulation is about poor old dogs that have this this inflammation in their body going on, they're scratching, you know they're inflamed, they're sore. And as I just said, the omega-3s will, will go to town on that and help reduce that inflammation, mm. get rid of that inflammation, and once that's gone, then the, the pet parent can actually roll onto to one of our other products. if that inflammation comes back, jump back onto the sensitive skin. You know, but uh, it's really, as I said, that that's that formulation has been designed to, um, to really assist with that inflammation in the dog's body. Yeah.
1: No, um. So tell us about our scientific range and, um, specifically our well-being, which we, well, I know, is loaded with superfoods, mm-hmm. and antioxidants. So.
2: So scientific. Well, I've just mentioned uh, sensitive skin and and really a whole. The idea around that that is, we you know eighty percent of dogs have skin issues sometime within their life, and unfortunately, there's a lot more that regularly come back, and we've touched on that as well. You know, so you might be a co-feeder, and, and your dog has these this inflammation that comes in their the skin issues time to time. Um, you know, check out it, it it could be the kibble that you. Well, I would say there's a lot, there's a very good chance that it's the kibble that's good in that because of the omega sixes in there, the rancidity of the oils that's in there because it's been highly cooked um and the consistency of the grade of oil that's been included in in that kibble as well will throw so there's a whole there's a whole range of reasons why dogs do suffer with sensitive skin but again our sensitive skins there high levels of omega-3s to counteract that and there's some real other little goodies in there as well um to assist make sure that the nutrition standards is are good but um you know of course turmeric's in there as well because it's anti-inflammatory right Mm, all your favorites all my favorites isn't Mm. it so we jump across to the well-being so originally designed for the older dogs might be getting a little bit of arthritis um, in their system because of that age factor or they might just be overweight unfortunately Mm. again and a very very common thing that's happening in our pets it's not because they're old young overweight dogs highly processed kibble diets being fed to them blah 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 this is what's going on you know, mm-hmm. high insulin going into their body, creating you know diabetes and and whatnot. So uh, another reason. But getting back to the well-being superfoods, we've got a really nice herbal blend in there. Um, Gaiagulum, Robert, uh, nettles in there as well. Um, got cola. They're they're all in there because at a nice level, um, it's not just a token level as well. It's a nice level that they'll actually see the benefits. Um, you know, they all have their. Some of them have anti-cancer properties, like a rabbit. Some of them just gives you a really nice level, balanced level of of compounds. So you've got good vitamins and minerals going in there as well. From and it's another, it's another perspective of of nutrition rather than the the normal ingredients that are found in all of our diets. It's just giving that extra level of of nutrition. Um, that that diet obviously is a low-fat diet because you know, we we do want to help those obese dogs. And if they've got arthritis, you certainly don't want to. Have a heavy dog there. I mean, as soon as you can get them lighter and that weight off their joints is gonna give them a relief as well. But very good levels of omega 3s and whatnot in there as well. Turmeric. Uh what else am I missing in there? Jazz, you'd know.
1: Oh God, I do have it up on my screen here. Yeah. We've on. got a
2: lot more vegetable matter in there as well, like vegetables going in and fruit. Um, you know, I'm looking for those properties, low fat, phyto phytochemicals in there, um, the vitamins and minerals that it's giving you know, with the with, with the vegetable content and the fruit content. Antioxidants, you know, it's, it's full of it.
1: Mm. And I should know the ingredients because <laughs> Gary, <laughs> well, I should know them off the top of my head because my boy Gary, he's 11 now and he's, so he started out, I transitioned him over when he was about seven or just before he turned seven mm. and he was having a lot of issues. You know, we were those pet parents. We thought we were doing the right thing. We were giving him the food that the vet said and, Like I could not believe the change in him and he's a pug and it's just little things. Like it wasn't just that he like lost weight and obviously like the stools are so much better. Mickey Mouse. But like he was – like we could see him breathing easier, like obviously the skin and coat and stuff. But then there's little like pug things that I noticed. He could walk – like he lasted so much longer on our walks too. Like he wasn't constantly dehydrated and, yeah, it's just – amazing like we say all the time we look at him like and he looks so much better than he did as like a you know six-year-old dog now at 11 and yeah we know that well-being well-being is my favorite because i think it saved his life i don't know that i would have gary now if it wasn't for well-being so it's it's very popular in our house so but um yeah so i should know all about well-being
2: cause oh that's, that's
1: praise praise be to well-being <laughs> <laughs> um so what would what would you say to anyone suggesting that you know vegetables and fruits and all these wonderful natural ingredients are fillers
2: well i call bs on that too Mm -hmm. Um, there again vegetables and fruit are just so so nutritional that the vitamins and mineral content in it um, Fibre is so important for the dogs. Moisture is so important for the dogs. But um, chlorophylls that you're finding, the antioxidant properties, why wouldn't you put them in there if you can put them in there? They're not a filler. They're there for a reason. Um, you know, we we eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, obviously, but and we're, we're, our digestive tract is different. I understand that, and also the enzymes. We can get into that, the digestibility of it. But what we do do with our our fruit and vegetables, we grind very fine to assist that digestion um, for our for our pets out there. So we're doing everything we possibly can to get it to that pulp consistency. Uh, we our yeah, you know, it, it is. It's a it's very much a pulp consistency to assist that digestion. But the nutritional properties that come out of out of fruit and veg again I just discussed me and say, Well why wouldn't you want it in there? Yeah. Just makes sense. And again, from a foundation level and a and uh a, a nutritional level, it, it's just it's just highly complementary to, to the everything else that we've got going on our diets.
1: Yeah. And I love, like you mentioned the moisture and look, I have no idea and maybe that's a good question about how they actually make synthetic vitamins and minerals when they have to, you know, they process the food and then they have to add that back in. But mm-hmm. yeah, like they're not going to get all that natural moisture. It's like synthetic vitamins and minerals are never going to be the same as the real thing, right? How no. do they make synthetic vitamins <laughs> and minerals actually? Is they like- it's in a lab. Yeah. It's
2: in a lab and the body actually recognizes it as a toxin. So it doesn't have even have the same digestive pathway Yeah, as what, as what a a natural vitamin mineral does. Your body responds to that totally different to the synthetics. Um, And you might need to get the same bang for buck. um, You might need to feed 10 times as much of that mineral or vitamin, sorry, um, as what a natural form would to get the same level Mm. going through the body. Um, But then you're making your organs work harder. You're making the dog's organs work harder. And you're talking about moisture. Um, Very much a reason why cats struggle and have so so many issues with crystals and that sort of stuff because they're in a constant state of dehydration. Um, Cats should be, you know, if you look at normal food, meat sits between seventy-five to eighty percent moisture. Vegetables are about ninety percent moisture. You know, when they're fed a raw diet, they're getting high levels of moisture, and it's complementary to the whole body. You need you need moisture in your body. When they're eating a kibble. And cats aren't, aren't great drinkers either, by the way. Mm. Um, when they're eating a kibble, they are absorbing all the moisture they have in their body to help dis- dissolve or digest the kibble that they've just eaten. So they're, they are in a constant state. And dogs are no different. They're in a constant state of dehydration if that's all they're going to be, get, be getting. You know? That's why on the label it also says make sure there's a bowl of water nearby yeah. on the drive because the dogs are thirsty and they're throwing salt in there and whatnot as well. The dogs will go and have a drink, but cats, they're not great drinkers. So then that's what's going to cause some issues there.
1: Yeah. No wonder they're so crazy. No, (laughs) I actually know nothing about cats. But yeah. Um, What does um, bioavailability mean?
2: I don't know. I can't even spell it. (laughs) 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 Bioavailability. It it means that uh, it's much, it's available for proper digestion. It's in its natural form, and what you'll also find is that vitamin mineral, there, there'll be another vitamin and mineral there to assist with the digestive process. This is why whole foods is so good and why synthetics are not. Because when you just pull one, one vitamin out and you, it's a synthetic form, it doesn't have those other cofactors with it to, to um, assist with that digestion. But when we chase nutrition from a whole perspective, All those other cofactors are there to assist with the digestion of that mineral. But then there's another mineral, and then there's another vitamin, and another, 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 and enzymes. They're all working synergistically in a natural way so then your pet can digest it properly. Not just your pet, any living thing. Mm. So that's why you'll always get a much better and healthier result from using whole foods rather than processed foods, rather than synthetic vitamins and minerals.
1: Yeah, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? That's what Dr. Duncan says. In wow. His, yep. Yeah. Bioavailability and nutrition article. Yeah, uh, I taught him that too. I'm madly. <laughs> Look, fair. Um, Chris, thank you so much for letting me suck all the juice out of your brain today and thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> is there any juice left in <laughs> No,
2: it's gone. It's, it's been gone absorbed. Now. That's
1: it. i probably sucked your energy as well. So, but if you're looking for more information on any of the topics we discussed here today, we have the links in the episode notes, or you can head to the resources section on our website, bigdogpetfoods.com, or email us at. No, I not do that to you. Info at bigdogpetfoods.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, Jazz. <laughs> Boom. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and content, visit the Big Dog Pet Foods website. Please note that the information discussed is general in nature and has been provided in good faith for educational and informational purposes. The information provided is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional advice or care. If any of the topics discussed raises questions or concerns for you regarding the health of your pet, we recommend that you consult your veterinarian or trusted pet health provider for individual assessment and advice.